Welcome to the Doctority Plastic Surgery Podcast. My name is Jenna, and in this series, I'll be speaking to plastic surgery residents and giving you an inside look at what it's like to train at their institution. We'll discuss the logistics, the leadership, and the lifestyle of a plastics resident at their program. Today, I'm speaking with Dr. Debbie Martins, a fourth-year resident at the University of California, San Francisco. Debbie is from Rio de Janeiro and completed college and medical school at the University of California, Los Angeles. Her academic interests include global surgery, hand, and microsurgery. Debbie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. So I'd like to start by hearing about kind of the overall structure of your program. So at UCSF, it's a seven-year program, and the first three years are blended with general surgery and other surgical specialties as well as plastic surgery. And then there's a research year, and after that, you are wholly in plastic surgery. And what is the breakdown between plastics and non-plastics months in your first three years? So in the first three years, there's about five months in the intern year of plastic surgery, three in the second year, and six in the third year. So over one year total in the first three years of plastic surgery, and these include craniofacial experiences as well as trauma, so hand and face trauma at the county hospital, VA plastic. So it's really you're seeing all of the different types of plastic surgery in your first three years. What's the experience like when you are on some of your off-service rotations? So that's one of the best parts about coming to UCSF is that the off-service rotations are truly wonderful. You're working with people who are the experts in the field and they're world-renowned. So it's really a pleasure to be able to be on their service and work with some of these amazing surgeons. For instance, one of the things that we really love is in our third year, we get to do kidney transplant and you get to anastomose 10 or more kidneys during that month, which is really fun. It's kind of like doing a flap, but it's a kidney and the surgeons are so talented and really kind and really take you under their wing. Same thing with other specialties, so vascular surgery, oral and maxillofacial surgery, general surgery, neurosurgery, they all take you as one of their own and you really just get involved in that one month or however many months it is and learn all that you can. It's a wonderful experience. And what are some of the different sites that you rotate through? We rotate through various different hospitals in San Francisco. We go to the VA hospital, the county hospital, which is the Zuckerberg San Francisco General Hospital. We go to Mission Bay, which is the Peds and Women's Hospital in San Francisco. We have Parnassus, which is our main site. That's where a lot of the bread and butter plastic surgery happens. Then we also have Mount Zion, where a lot of breast reconstruction happens. The Bunky Clinic, which is world-renowned place, birth of microsurgery, a lot of people say happened there. Um, so that's really a special place that we get to go to. And then sometimes we get to even go across the bridge to Oakland. And then some of the other campuses are like St. Mary's and St. Francis for Burns. Will you go to different sites within the same week or would it be more so on like a month by month basis? You typically will be at a site for one month or two months at a time. You're not going to be running around from all of these sites on a day-to-day basis. So you really get to be established at that one place and get to know the faculty there and your team and their patients. San Francisco is also really small, you know, seven by seven miles or so. So you're actually not traveling that much either which I know a lot of people get nervous about. So even if you're going from the VA one month to Mission Bay the other month, it's still, depending on where you're living, you're probably still very close to both hospitals. 
the only time where you'd be jumping around is when you're on your float rotation and that's when you kind of help out in places where they might need you so if there's a case that's uncovered then you might be going to different hospitals but usually you kind of stick to one and are there independent residents or fellows at your program so no independent residents but we do have a microsurgery fellowship and that's it how does that impact your training experience honestly it's definitely not detrimental having a microsurgery fellow is great because It's just another person from a different place that will bring their prior training and have a lot of wisdom to pass on to you too. And it's fun because you get to do cases with just the microsurgery fellow or or if the micro fellow is in one case, you get to do another micro case with just an attending. So we have more than enough micro cases to go around. So it ends up not being a problem at all. And we really enjoy having the micro fellow there. For things like craniofacial, it makes a big difference that we don't have a craniofacial fellowship because obviously there's less of those cases available in general, I think. And so not having that extra person that would be, you know, scrubbed into cases and things like that actually does make a difference. But for the micro experience, we have so many micro cases in San Francisco that it ends up actually being a good thing to have a fellow. And what are the research expectations like? Like I mentioned before, we have the one-year research year after the third year of residency. And In the first three years, you are kind of walked through a research track, kind of building up to that year. So Dr. Pomerantz is one of the co-directors of the research program for us, and he'll kind of help guide you through finding a mentor, establishing a project, applying for grants, setting up your IRB so that you're ready to go when your research year starts, which is really great. But there isn't really any formal requirement in terms of publishing X amount of manuscripts per year or presenting at this conference every year. So it's really what you make of it, which I think is nice so that residents can decide for themselves what they think would be helpful for their career development purposes. And then there's the attendings are there to support you along the way. And what are some of the different like types of things people do during their research years? There's so many different things. My research year, I did a lot of global health work, and that's something that I've been interested in since I was in college. So I worked with IGOT, which is an orthopedic global health program at UCSF, and I helped teach about soft tissue reconstruction in places like Tanzania and Nepal, and that for me was really rewarding. I also got to go to Cambodia to work for Surgeons for Cambodia for a month and do a clinical rotation there. And then personally, at in San Francisco, I've been doing clinical research on hand surgery and hydrogenitis suprativa. My co-resident is working under the Better Lab, which is a lab about human-centered design. So she's been doing a lot of awesome things in that. My other co-resident is doing research on hernia repair with the general surgeon, Dr. Harris. In previous years, people have done the lab. So Dr. Pomerantz has his craniofacial lab, and um, some people have spent one year or two years in the lab. Another research resident a few years ago spent three years in the transplant lab at UCSF, um, So it's really kind of what you want to do. General surgery residents, some of them have done masters or they've pursued other interests of their own. So that's the one thing I think is really nice and unique about UCSF is that it's not necessarily a lab research year. It's kind of what you want it to be. What kind of support is available for when you're ready to present your research? Financially, there is quite a lot of support. In the past year or two, they basically told each resident that we have set over $7,000 over the course of our residency to spend on going to conferences and giving presentations. 
which is really great because you you feel like obviously you have more than enough support there to pay for airfare and hotel and to make sure that you can go to your oral presentations and things like that. And then also the faculty are very supportive. So if you need to take time off, you know, the residents will have your back. They'll figure out the call schedule, things like that, to make sure that you can make it there. UCSF loves research, so they're definitely super supportive of you when that comes up. And what area of plastic surgery would you say that residents come out with the like strongest and most comprehensive experience in? It's hard to say like one area because we do operate so much. So that's one of the things that most people see as the biggest positive of UCSF is we have so many cases. The volume is huge. We really get experience in most of the fields. Let's flip it around. And what would you maybe need to do fellowship in after UCSF? Maybe craniofacial because those cases are so complex. You don't really see enough to be comfortable doing like a craniosynostosis case or things like that. But honestly, you come out like you wouldn't need to do a micro fellowship. You probably wouldn't need to do a hand fellowship. Even with the transgender cases now, you probably wouldn't even need to do like a a really intense aesthetics fellowship because we're even getting that exposure. I think you come out very well-rounded, but in the current environment, most people are doing fellowship. And how would you improve your program? I think that something that can be improved is how to structure the research year. I think that that's something that has been improved since I started. Like I mentioned, they kind of walk you through many steps to get to the research year so that you're prepared when you get there. They're still kind of tinkering with that when I started. I definitely got a lot of support, but now it's even better. Like they're developing formal tracks so that if you're choosing to go into specific things, you know, they already have people lined up there for you to help you. But I think that's something that is a work in progress is making sure that we all feel ready to go into our research year and make the most of it. Is there an opportunity to like choose your own electives in the second half of your training? In the chief year is probably the main time where you'd be able to choose your elective. So um, in the second half of your chief year, the last six months, currently the schedule is you go into do some breast surgery and cosmetic, you do derm and oculoplastics, but those are all kind of flexible rotations. So if you have an interest in doing more hand, or if you have an interest in craniofacial or pediatric plastic surgery or burns, that's a time where you can talk to Dr. Hansen and Dr. Hoffman and express your interest and ask to have those electives changed a little bit to cater to what you want. And so for me, I'm looking forward to hopefully using that time to pursue my global health interests. And then also maybe a little bit of micro in hand, um, depending on what I choose to do. I know that you've had a strong focus in terms of your global health research. Are there other opportunities for people to do shorter global health experiences if they're not, you know, committing a full year to global health research? Currently, there isn't anything formal, but residents can and have in the past chosen to use their vacation time to do that. So if you see it well enough in advance and you're able to sort out your vacation week to fall and coincide with let's say Operation Smile or a mission kind of thing, or even with one of the I Got courses that I did where you teach soft tissue reconstruction, then that's available for you. But currently, unless you do it in your elective time as a chief, the ACGME just doesn't let us take time off to do that kind of stuff, unfortunately. But I think that in the next few years, we're going to get some global health electives accredited so that we can start doing those and build them into our schedule and have it count formally, which will be nice. 
And you briefly mentioned that there's some time to get cosmetic exposure in your chief year. Are there opportunities earlier in training as well? In the first few years, you don't get too much cosmetic exposure unless you're, you know, in a transgender case. So that's one of the things in San Francisco that we're pretty lucky. We have a huge volume of transgender patients and it's reconstructive surgery, but it also involves a lot of aesthetic principles. So that's really nice because as a junior, you're often scrubbed into a facial feminization case. It's really great because you get to see so many different facets of aesthetic surgery of the face in one case. And that's really awesome. And then we also have cosmetics clinic, which you can go to when you're a junior resident. And that's also as a senior resident and you're doing fillers and Botox and um, learning about lasers and things like that. And then in your senior years, when you're a five and a six, you actually have formal cosmetic clinic. And so each Friday when you're at Parnassus, you go to the clinic and you see patients that are coming to have procedures. You book them, they're your patient, and then you do the case with an attending. So we have a lot of relationships with clinical faculty in the San Francisco Bay Area, and they'll come and kind of be your mentor during that case, but they don't do any of it. They just watch you and walk you through a facelift or a tummy tuck or whatever it is that you book that patient for. That experience is basically in your last two years, but throughout the six years of clinical duties, you get to do the cosmetics clinic with Botox and fillers. And then the the transgender patient is really like you get a whole lot of aesthetics through that. (laughs) You mentioned facial feminization. In addition to that, you're also experiencing both like top surgeries and bottom surgeries. We do a lot of top surgery at the county hospital as well as at Parnassus. And we're doing facial femme at both of those places as well. And then bottom surgery we see at the Bunky Clinic, so where there's a lot of microsurgery. So phalloplasties are done there. And we have some attendings at UCSF, formerly so like at Parnassus, who are learning how to do bottom surgery. And so I think it's actually going to expand to beyond the Bunky Clinic too pretty soon. We get to see all of it. Do you do any months specifically of like a full transgender month or it's more like sprinkled in when you're on rotation elsewhere? It's sprinkled in for sure. But at the county hospital, Mondays are basically a lot of transgender top surgery. And then every other Thursday, you usually have at least one facial feminization case. And then in clinic, each week you see a lot of patients. And at Parnassus, similar, you know, you might have a few different top surgeries on Tuesday and then a facial fem on every Friday. So it's, it's like heavily sprinkled in. <laughs> Is moonlighting possible at any point? Moonlighting is allowed, but only when you're on vacation after your first year. So you can't moonlight intern year. After that, if you're on vacation or during your research year, you are allowed to moonlight. But otherwise, it's just not possible. You don't have time and it's not allowed. And are there any particularly awesome perks about your program you'd like to share? Yeah, we have a lot. So that's one of the best parts. So in terms of like food, each month at the hospitals, you get a lot of money. So at the UC sites, so Mission Bay and Parnassus, you get about, I think, almost $400 a month and you can spend it however you want. You can spend it all in one day or distribute it over the course of the month. At the county hospital, you get about $20 or $25 a day and that's distributed over the whole year. So you could even go to the county hospital on a random day when you're not there if you really wanted to, to get sparkling water or whatever. (laughs) And at the VA, yeah, basically everywhere you get a lot of food money, which is really nice. As a second year, you get gifted surgical loops, so you can choose the loops that you want. 
obviously most of the plastic surgery residents, if not all, get the 3.5, which is really nice. So as a rising second year, you get those and you have them for the rest of your residency, which is a really, really generous gift from UCSF. We have a parking stipend that they give us in August, which amounts to about $2,000, which is nice to offset the cost of parking. We have a housing stipend that we get each month to offset the cost of housing in San Francisco, and that comes out to about $1,000 after taxes, which is really helpful. You get academic funds, so we get about $200 a year for books or whatever it is that you want to buy. And then at the county hospital, they also give you an extra $600 a year. And that can go towards any sort of wellness thing. So that can go towards the gym or towards a new jacket for work. Those are some of like the financial, mostly financial perks. We have other things that are special. In the first three years, you get to do skills labs. So the interns in second and third years, they have access to the skills lab, which is a really wonderful opportunity. The attendings who work there are just so dedicated to making sure that, you know, you feel comfortable doing what you're doing outside of the OR and you learn how to suture, you learn how to do knot tying, and then you kind of start to graduate your skills from there. And you learn how to dissect lungs on fresh specimens. You learn how to tie off veins and you do laparoscopic stuff too when you're in your general surgery time and you do vascular anastomoses. So that's another huge thing at UCSF that people really appreciate. Parking is free in most of the hospitals, except for Parnassus and Mission Bay. But even then, like your badge, you get a parking sticker that makes it free on the weekends and from like 5 p.m. to 9 a.m. So if you're not rotating there, but you have to stop by for a quick minute on the weekend or something, you can still get parking for free. So there's, you know, little things like that, too. So I'd like to transition to hear a bit more about your program leadership. So we can start with the chair. So our chair is Dr. Hoffman, and he's been the chair of our plastic surgery division since 2005. He specializes mostly in craniofacial surgery, but he's a jack of all trades in plastic surgery, and he's just a joy to work with. He um, is kind of like everyone's father or grandfather and really, really cares deeply about the residents. Yeah, I just hope he never leaves. (laughs) I hope he doesn't retire. I want him to stay forever. (laughs) At least till you're done. Yeah, exactly. That's what I told him when I was interviewing. I was like, can you promise me you'll stay for seven years at least? (laughs) And I keep reminding him that every year. (laughs) And how about your PD? So our program director, Dr. Hansen, he has been there as the program director since 2014. So a while now. And he's also the chief of hand and microvascular surgery fellowship at UCSF. And he's also happens to be the hand surgeon for the Giants which is a cool little aside, but he's also a treasure at UCSF. He is so down to earth. He listens to us. He wants to check in with us all the time. How can we make the program better? And honestly, like over the past few years, being a resident here, I've seen so many good changes because he really advocates for us. He doesn't assume that he knows what is best. He really asks us for what are we experiencing? How can we do better? How can we be better? you know, how can the hospitals be better and how can the attendings do better? Like basically he just really wants us to have the best experience all around. And we are really lucky to have someone like that vouching for us. Can you give an example of a time when, you know, the residents brought up an issue to the leadership and what they did about it? An easy thing to point out is when I started, I think I only had nine months of plastic surgery and now it's over one year. 
So over the course of just three years, we've been able to collaborate with the general surgery program through Dr. Hansen's advocacy for us to get more plastic surgery. Like I mentioned before, now next year, the juniors will have a rotation at the craniofacial side of things in Mission Bay, which has never happened before. Normally, you don't get to do craniofacial until you're a five. So now as a three, you're going to get to do that, which is incredible. You're going to get to be like the chief of the VA as a three, which has never happened before. So he has really like worked with us and the general surgery side to make sure that we can keep expanding our program in ways that are appropriate, but still keeping the other services in our training as we need to, right? Because like I said, like that's not a bad thing about our program. Working with the vascular surgeons, working with the kidney transplant surgeons, working with the general surgeons is honestly, you learn so much. And so we've really been able to fine tune and tailor the first three years to something that is almost perfect, honestly. Like we've been able to cut out the more heavy laparoscopic rotations, the more colorectal heavy rotations and include more plastics or more things like vascular, things like that. So it's just been awesome. And it's been really nice to see that the experience for the incoming residents is going to already be better within like my time and training, which is great. Um, And now I'd love to hear a little bit about the relationships amongst the residents. I mean, it's fun. (laughs) So the first three years, you get to know the other classes through your plastic surgery rotation, but you really become good friends with people amongst your own, you know, level. So intern year, you're all going through, you know, a lot of new things, um, scary things, exciting times, and you make really good friends. You make a new family, basically. So, you know, I have really good friends in general surgery and ENT and optho and basically all the specialties, you just develop really good friends. So amongst the different residency groups, everyone is really wonderful and you make a family there. And then as you keep working your plastic surgery years, it's just a really fun, casual vibe. Like we all work hard and want to do our best, but it's not like super high pressure. As an intern, you feel comfortable talking to your chief about something that you're concerned about or something that you have an idea about. I definitely, as an intern and other other of my co-residents as well, like we've suggested things that have been implemented by the higher-ups because they really listen to you. So I think that's one of the nice things is that there isn't really this fear and hierarchy kind of business. Like we really listen to each other and value each other's opinions. And then outside of residency, we like to have fun together too. You know, we do social events, go to breweries, go to brunch even on call, you know, like after we've rounded on the patients, one of our favorite things to do is to all go get brunch together. San Francisco is the perfect place to get brunch. There's so many different options. So I think we have a good time together and it's nice to laugh in between cases. And when you're having a hard day to have someone that, you know, you care about and cares about you is really nice. You mentioned a little bit about, you know, living in San Francisco before. So do most residents rent or own Our residency is kind of half and half, probably more rent than own, but a good amount of residents do own homes or apartments in San Francisco. Do people more so tend to be single or have like kids and families? I think that's also a split. Half of us are married, you know, in significant relationships and half of us are not. I can think of like two, three residents that have kids in our program in particular. It's also a split. And is it necessary to have a car? Not necessary. So it really depends on what you're trying to do. So 
I have a car, but I also have family who lives half an hour south of San Francisco. So for me, it would be kind of difficult to be able to visit my family without a car. But I have some co-residents who've done, you know, the past three, four years without a car and they get places um, either biking or Uber or Lyft or they use a shuttle system. So it's really up to you. Some people don't like the hassle of having a car in the city and don't want to pay for parking and they don't mind taking Uber or Lyft every day. So it really depends. It's not like an absolute necessary thing, but it's definitely a perk if you want to go to like Napa Valley or Lake Tahoe, but then you can rent a car too. So what are some of the things you like about living in San Fran? I love San Francisco. I think it's such a beautiful city. The weather is really nice year round. It's nice to not have to ever check the weather. I literally like know that I need to wear pants and a fleece every day. <laughs> um, food is amazing. So I kind of mentioned that before with brunch, but honestly, like whether you like cheap food or really expensive food or anything in between, there's so many restaurants at each level that you can explore and enjoy, which I think all of us like to do. Lots of museums, beautiful nature. So Golden Gate Park is beautiful. A lot of residents like to go run there or explore the lake, go for a hike, Ocean Beach, Baker's Beach, Chrissy Field. You're like across the bridge from Marin, which has beautiful hiking trails and things like that. I mentioned Napa, which is an hour away. If you don't want to be studying on your weekends off, which I don't think you should be the whole time, there's a lot of things you can do. And that's, I think, definitely one of the biggest perks. And you feel like residents do have the time and opportunity to you know, engage in some of those activities? Oh, yeah. I think at UCSF, the motto is work hard, play hard. Like <laughs> when you're in the hospital, it's, you have a lot of patience, a lot of responsibilities, and you're really learning a lot, operating a ton, you know, which is great. But then when you're off, you are off. People really find the time and make the most of it because they know like it's limited. You have to enjoy it, right? Otherwise... I don't think you can keep racing. Well, that's, I think, most of what I wanted to cover today. Do you have any final thoughts on either your program in particular or the process of choosing your residency? I've loved being at UCSF, and I have zero regrets about going there. So I think if you're someone who wants to operate a lot, wants to really learn about surgery through patient experience, UCSF is a wonderful place to go to. And then you also have the perk of being in San Francisco, which I honestly like love. In terms of choosing a residency, I think you have to be honest to yourself and decide what's important to you. For me, I really wanted to become a good surgeon. And then there were a couple other side factors, like being close to like a village that will support me along the way. So having my family nearby and my husband nearby as well was really important. But for some people, it might be academia. For some people, it might be, you know, location. You have to just be honest to yourself and you can listen to what other people say, but I think at the end of the day, it's it's your decision. You're going to be there for six or seven or maybe more years, and you want to be happy. So listen to your heart and figure out what is going to make you the happiest, I think, is what I would do. And so if interested students want to find out more about your program, how should they go about doing that? Yeah, so we have our Instagram, so at UCSF Plastic Surgery. That's a good place to go to that we try to keep updated. We're going to be doing some virtual sub-eyes coming up, so stay tuned for that. And then if you want to just read more about UCSF and the program in general, we have our website, which is plasticsurgeryresidency.ucsf.edu. And there you can read all about the different sites that I talked about. You can see the clinical rotations that you do each year in residency and read about the faculty and things like that. 
Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was great. Thank you for listening to the Doctority Plastic Surgery Podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing to our show via your favorite podcast service and following us on Instagram and Twitter. For more podcast episodes and residency information, check out our website, doctority.co. That's doctority.co. We love feedback from listeners, so please contact us through the website or through social media with your questions or suggestions. See you next time.